Hello and welcome to Dinosaur Man News and Reviews. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. And I got another confession to make. We've seen no films. Oh, wow. Oh, great. Brilliant. Brilliant way to set it up. I mean, they'll know from the episode description because it won't say News and Reviews. It'll say episode 150. Uh, no, we can't do it up to 50 now. 130 something, I think we're at. Anyway, yeah. how are you guys? We're not doing news or reviews this week. In a We're throwback th- episode to Rando Calrissian Part 1 of September <laughs> 2018, when we had reasons why we didn't see okay, films, guys. which were the trams weren't working and you were in Birmingham. Although, you were still close to a cinema, so I'm going to yeah, maintain... I was tired. Mm, yes, you're always tired. I was working hard back then. Like, you're back still then, working I'm... hard now. Well, you're working exactly the same amount of hours now as you were then. Yeah, but I was doing more, more in depth and, stuff, and I had to go and get a. Steak. Then you were you were living in a fucking hotel. True, like what you were the, living the actual dream. I was speaking to somebody about this the other day. Uh, so should we just so, before we get onto this, can I hold that thought? We're not going to do any news or reviews this week, guys. Or maybe we'll. So maybe you should just stay tuned in. <laughs> I don't want to lose them early. What you think they stay tuned for the news yeah. or reviews, <laughs> not the uh, back and forth between the two hosts? Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah, we're probably not going to, I'll be honest, guys. I've got one bit of gaming news, because I know it's the most popular segment. And um, if we lose that, then we do lose the audience. What I was going to say is, when I was working in Birmingham, mm. um, I got like an allowance while I was down there. Yes, I remember this. the hotel was attached to a bar and grill, mm. which meant that for six weeks, yeah. I ate steak. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't steak, it was a halloumi burger. And the steak went from quality of poor to... Middling. <laughs> Can I ask a question? One of the steaks was like jelly. Steak shouldn't be like jelly. Steak like jello. You know the song <laughs> Sweet Like Jello by a boy band that isn't um, Five Seconds of Summer. Out. Are Five Seconds of Summer a boy band, by the way? Or yeah, are they a rock band? They're a band with boys in it. Okay. But yeah, when it came out, it literally wobbled. Uh-huh. And I was like, that doesn't seem right. And I put my knife in it. And like, no, when you're trying to cut something, have you ever uh-huh. tried to cut a piece of meat and the meat goes with the knife? Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't cut. Yeah. It just keeps going back. What temp were you asking for on this steak? Medium rare. Right. And this was raw. And this was, yeah, like, I, I <laughs> They had to replace it with blancmange. And I know what you're thinking. You went, oh, hello, sir. Um, my steak doesn't seem to be cooked the way I want it to. Yeah. Can you? you no, I was, I, like, you. I was like, I don't coward. want to make a fuss. I've got, yeah. I, I've got to be here for another four weeks. Yeah, if I start kicking up a fuss in my second. Yeah, so this was an early bad steak. Now, can I ask you a question about your allowance? Yeah, of course you can. Just vamp for a second while I drink. <laughs> you said, "Can I ask you a question?" And then you immediately started drinking. Okay, so my question is: um, You had an allowance mm-hmm. every day. How much every was it? Day. Uh, it's like 30 quid. A day? Right. It was attached to a bar and grill. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm not saying this no, lightly. No, it was so, a bar and so grill. This is, no, this is the question that I've got. Was the allowance only spendable at that location? Yeah. You couldn't... Um, I think you could spend in others, but you had to have a receipt. I did it once, and I was like, it's too much faff for me to try and work out how expenses work and how to put them through to make it... Like, the bar and grill was fine, because... I literally could put that straight to the room, yeah. and that's what you do. You you send it mm. straight to the room. If you go out, you have to get a receipt, and then you have to put it on an app or something. And I was like, I ain't doing that, so I'll just I, pay for that. I mean, that. I really feel like the bother of having oh. to get a receipt and take a photo of it, upload it to an app, I did, yeah, no, I would have understand. been worth it not to have the same shitty steak <laughs> for six weeks. <laughs> Now, like, uh, what I would say is this, right? Okay, so I think that was Birmingham like the hardest is slog. <laughs> Birmingham is it was a self-made slog. Birmingham is one of the sort of cultural hotspots of the UK, right? Mm-hmm. And in terms of food cities in the UK, it's up there with the best of yeah. them. I had a Greg's once. Oh wow! Okay, so Paid you had my own money. you had a Greg's, which you can get in any I'd, town. I'd normally get and Vegas. you had the same steak for the other six weeks. <laughs> the thing is, I'd normally get a steak bake for the train home. <laughs> but you paid for that yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. 
So £1.49 or whatever. How much does once, a steak make these days? Okay, once um, I got a train ticket down and it didn't give me the train ticket back like I was supposed to. Yeah. Um, so I had to pay like 40 quid to get a train back or whatever. Uh-huh. And I didn't claim the allowance for that as well because mm-hmm. I couldn't be bothered to work out how it works. Just throw money away hand over fist, on you? Welcome to my life. <laughs> um, yeah, my my big thing is just like, Surely, I mean, the thing is, not used I to have you. to appreciate it's you I'm talking to, and you are a creature of habit. Fun fact: mm. first day you got there, use less of your allowance, and you can then buy a week's worth of internet <laughs> at your allowance. Mm. Uh, well, I, I mean, look. So yeah, this is the sparkling conversation that people would want from <laughs> this, this podcast. This time, life got in the way again, though. Mm. Um, the trams are working. I, but I was busy. In fairness, there is a oh, pandemic on. <laughs> like, if we look at the grand scheme of things... It's astonishing that we've been doing podcasts throughout this pandemic. I've reviewed films that I... I was speaking to my brother about this this weekend. I have reviewed films that I would have never seen in a million years this year. Mm. At all. Like, there is... I would say there is slim to no chance that I would have seen 7500 in a year where <laughs> films were open as usual yeah. in the cinema. So, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt got an audience member out of this pandemic. Well I think, done, Joseph. I think he may have got the majority of the audience members mm-hmm. out of this pandemic. Because I think there's there's probably 10 or 15 films on my scene list that I may <laughs> not have seen. Eurovision, I would never have seen if we... Yeah, have. you would have. No, because I don't think I would. Because no, I had my worst in Doolittle. And then now, I've got my worst now, but I, I wouldn't have needed to see it. one rising chorus of Volcano Man, and you were like, yes, Feral. No, because I'm not you. I'm not the one who's obsessed with this weird song that is featured at the start and nowhere else in the film. No, I do find Because even in the end credits, it's um, the tiny penis chant or whatever. Yeah, yeah, ding dong. Yeah, yeah. Ding dong. Ding dong. My love for you is nice and long. Yeah, yeah. Ding and the dong, interesting thing is, dong. you've downloaded the soundtrack album on Spotify. <laughs> Have you actually? No. Because you did make a face that made me think maybe he has. <laughs> I should have forgotten the last album I downloaded on Spotify was. Mm. Um, what was it? Billie Eilish, maybe? <laughs> showing your <laughs> I listened, age. I listened to that recently. <laughs> That's right, showing your age, the well, millennial you my are. Spotify did a thing where it deleted mm. all my downloaded albums, but they were all still there, but I couldn't see them. Um I had to basically sign out of Spotify and sign back in. What? It was crazy. F- crazy times, guys. Okay, I don't know if that's the designated use of crazy. Um, What's crazy then, is, you know, there's a global pandemic on. Then I ended up downloading... Um, I listened to Coldplay, and then, yeah, I think I downloaded Billie Eilish. Uh-huh. Cool. That happened. Um, it's a good, good album. I like it. Yeah, you've talked about it on the podcast before. I have, I yeah. have. Um I think what's important to speak about on this podcast, okay. by the way, right. is, guys, what you may or may not have noticed is Alex is a little bit injured today. And what's wrong with you, Alex? There's just noises coming out of my belly there. I didn't know if the <laughs> camera was yeah. picking it up. Microphone. Uh, Mouth camera. Uh, what? Why are you a bit poorly today? Uh, I pulled my back. Okay. So, guys, we're not going to we're not gonna josh about pulling backs because that happens. It hurts but, a um, lot. Alex, yeah. h- how did you do this? What what strenuous exercise? Got into bed. Oh, no. <laughs> look, I'm old as fuck. Good question, Alex. Um, how, how old are you? I'm old as fuck. And look, my body is breaking down at an astonishing rate at this point. The thing is, every year I go through one or two health scares. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... They're not. They're never scary enough for me to want to see a doctor about it. <laughs> so for this time, I've not gone to see a doctor because I know what's wrong with me. I've back broken my back. Bit, yeah, not broken. I appreciate there's people who actually have got broken backs, and that's a very different thing. This is. It's not stupidity. It's just unfortunate. The thing is, you do you do sleep like a pretzel. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know. <laughs> You know, yoga classes, some of us don't need those because our natural resting position is pretzel. He does cover himself with salt as well. Yeah, and I dip myself in cheese. And mustard. Uh, cheese over mustard for a pretzel, I think. Um, I'd only like airplane pretzels. So in yes, of course, you don't like soft pretzels. You only like small, hard, little... Preferably from an airplane. Yeah. 
Really, it's a case of... <laughs> it was telling when you came back from America earlier in the year and you brought me a little bag of pretzels and went, I yeah, saved these for you. It's your favourite thing. I brought other people actual things back from the States. I brought you... I think that was it, wasn't it? Or did I bring you back some... Maybe some white chocolate M&Ms as well. Mm. No, because I couldn't get them, could I? So yeah, it was just pretzel. <laughs> okay, well that's it then. Uh, yeah, you requested one thing and I got you the thing you actually did really want the most, which was not on your list. Anyway, but that was fine. Anyway, so... What's been your scariest health scare that you've not gotten to the doctor back? <laughs> scariest health scare, probably blood in my poo. Yep. Um, that happened a couple of times, mm-hmm. but I think I'm over it now. Okay. I haven't shit blood in a while. That's good. Sorry, guys. Uh, we're tw- <laughs> 12 minutes into the podcast and we're already talking about shit and blood. Guys, um, if you do find blood in your poo, probably go to a doctor. Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably why. That's the situation. Like, you no, know, sometimes you go, "Oh, I've pulled my back." Mm. That's maybe not always a way to go to the doctors. Yeah. Oh, but, actually, if we're talking about medical issues, mm-hmm. like uh, just a thing that my body does that I'm not sure it should be doing, um, other than toe thumb, which is obviously <laughs> disgusting. You have a thumb that looks like a toe. Yeah. Um, the thing that. It's the Warwick Castle Kingmaker sneezes. I don't understand why my body does it. And I think... Okay, so I've got a theory on this. Have I talked about this on the pod before? I don't know, but explain explain to people who've never heard you talk about the... Greetings, new listeners. If this was your first episode, you would not be listening Well, nobody's going to come into Randall Carizian to Electric Boogaloo as their (laughs) first episode. Randall (laughs) Carizian? Yeah, yeah, the kid from... (laughs) I was going to go with the enemy from uh, Monsters, Inc., you never seen Monsters, Inc., have you? Yeah, I've seen Monsters, Inc. What haven't you seen? Monsters University. Never no, seen The Incredibles. That's the one. Anyway. Never uh, seen Finding Nemo. So, in... Stupid I don't fish. know. 90, <laughs> in 1998 or so, yeah. um, I don't know when the exhibition was there, but at Warwick Castle in the UK, there was an exhibition called The Kingmaker Exhibit. And it was a sort of... There were wax figurines of historical people who were responsible for... I don't know. They played a part in getting someone made king. And that was fine. (laughs) Hence the term kingmaker. Yes, exactly. Um, And I have a sense memory that is attached to that of a very distinct smell. And every time I smell it, I'm taken right back to that. Now, the smell itself, I don't know what it is. I have a feeling, because I initially thought, oh, well, it's hay fever related, maybe. So it might be just pollen in the air. And I'd sniffed that up before walking into this dungeon. And then I sneezed it out and (laughs) it smelled. So this is the thing, is the sneeze smelled a certain way. But actually, no, sorry, I didn't sneeze at Kingmaker. That's the thing. The weird thing is, everyone, is... Alex has told us about the Kingmaker, like, all of his friends, about the Kingmaker sneezes a lot. And sometimes sneezes and then goes, quick, smile, smile. It's one of the Kingmaker yeah, sneezes. Yeah, I want you to know. I want you to be able to smell it. I'm sure someone's once told me that they did smell it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but I didn't sneeze that time at the Kingmaker exhibit. That's the interesting thing. Yeah. Is I just have a smell that I associate with that. So you go down the stairs and there's like a horse in front of you. Not a real one, a fake horse. And there's like a fake man next to it as well. And this that smell of that part of the dungeon has mm. stayed in my nostrils for 20 years plus. Well, we talked about sense memories the other day because I told you every time I feel sick, I taste the taste of nerds. You did, yeah. Because I think I had them when I was sick once. We spoke about this on the pod or no? No, we spoke about it off pod. I would have thought because we were that, talking nerds, about... that nerds chat would have been absolutely ripe for podcasting. <laughs> because you were basically the whole conversation was Millions what's the difference between a million and a nerd? And then did I bring up a third thing as well? I can't remember. Dweebs. <laughs> I did bring up dweebs. Anyway, uh, so that's a Kingmaker sneeze. So that's probably the weirdest thing my body does. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Sometimes I get sort of um, lightheaded and starry eyed, not mm. like Ellie Goulding. Like just Jack. Uh, stars in their eyes. Yeah. Stars in your eyes? No, 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 no. Stars, stars in, in your, your eyes. eyes. I don't like just Jack. Smug. <laughs> I wouldn't have got on with him. 
I don't he, mean. He did one song and disappeared. It's fine. Got on pretty well with um, his career after that, didn't I? Yes. Continue. So you get lightheaded. Yeah, and I get like, you know, flecks of white in my vision. Never got that checked out either. Do we have doctors listening to the pod? Well, I hope so. But you're... Like, well, we, we know they're going to, the response up to every bit mm. is going to be probably check out the blood and the poo thing. Yeah, but that hasn't happened in maybe 10 years now. Oh, okay. I I figured <laughs> rightly... <laughs> Your body fixed that, that. Well, I think it might have just been an anal fissure. <laughs> and I think that's kind of... This you is know. not what people expected to tune into this week, and I love it. Is, is there a way to put double explicit tags on this? Oh, there's nothing explicit about an anal fissure. In fact, I don't think we've sworn this episode. No, maybe we have. Remember that time we tried to do a no swearing special and I lost it at the end? <laughs> um, this is the no swearing special. But plenty of anal fissure talk. <laughs> I've already talked about shitting blood. Uh, yeah, so I think that's it. I mean, look, there's always probably something wrong with me on a base level, mm-hmm. but I just don't notice it. It's only when it affects my day-to-day life that I'm like, hmm, okay, that's something to overcome. And today has been one of those days. It's hurting in my shoulders now, and it wasn't before. So I don't know if it's just... Maybe it's just moving. Mm, maybe. Wait, hang on, what? Like it's worming like, its way around my body. You know the creature in um, Evolution mm. that goes into his leg? Sure. Um, and it works its way up his body. Good film still, I think. We watched it again recently. Like, it held up when, mostly. Yeah, they put head and shoulders up an alien's bum. Yeah, that was the weirdest sponsored content. that. But it's got, is it the brother of My Name Is O? Is that who he is? Ethan Supley. Maybe. Is it Earl? He's a big chap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it My Name Is Earl's brother? Well, he's in My Name Is Earl. Then, I don't yeah. know if he's his brother. Yeah, I, dev- I never watched a My Name Is Earl. I think he's also in Without a Paddle. Maybe. I think he's one of the weed farmers. That sounds maybe right. I don't know. Again, I haven't seen Without a Paddle in a long time. Shame. <laughs> is it? <laughs> what a shame. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, Orlando Jones is in that movie. He's good in that. Sean William Scott and David Duchovny, isn't it? It's those three. Yeah. Yeah. Good, Good. maybe good film. And Sean William Scott sings a song. Yeah. Because he did that in every film he's in. Is that like his Christopher Walken always yeah, dances? Yeah, yeah. He... I think Although, he does Christopher Walken noises. dance in the dead zone? Probably. I can't remember it. Maybe you're right. Have you ever seen The Dead Zone? No, no of, course of course not. not. Um, this is a weird episode, isn't it? So I found um, an article earlier because yeah. I thought, what if conversation runs dry? I mean, we'll so- save that for later then because well, this is red hot content. I know there's so much to talk about. Um, zing, zing, zing. Do you want to talk about what we've been watching lately? Uh, do you want me to? Well, can I just do a quick oh, yeah. mention of the gaming news? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, bad company buys another bad company. Microsoft's buying Bethesda. I guess that's important somehow. It's interesting. Is it? Well, well they spent huge amounts of money on it. So well, yeah, because it's not just Bethesda. It's the parent company it's of Bethesda. Yeah. I think Bethesda Softworks is the... Are they the head company or is it Zenimax head? Zenimax are the head and they've got various different subsidiaries. There's like id softwares in there, but all of the companies that they owned are now owned by... Uh, Microsoft um, and it's interesting because obviously it means that that Game Pass is just becoming I think the Game Pass is a really good thing to have mm. like I really enjoy it um, although sometimes I forget to play the games before they disappear and I'll never be able to finish Devil May Cry mm-hmm. damn you it'll go back on Game Pass um, but it's like, it's really good value because it gets me games that I would never have played like, I spent ages playing Carrion the other day and I probably wouldn't have played that game at all if it wasn't on there. It's the 7500 of gaming. Yeah. it's it, Well, people call it Netflix for um, gaming because mm. you know, it's just this entire library of games. But them having um, Bethesda means that they've got all of those Bethesda games that can go on there now. Mm. And it puts more of these big ticket value, big market games on that Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And it makes it more valuable, especially with them getting EA games on there as well mm-hmm. um, by the end of the year. It means that... So are EA wrapping up their EA Pass? Yes. Well, EA Play is becoming part of Xbox. I think you can get EA Play maybe on PlayStation still, but if you've got an Xbox, it's part of Game Pass. 
Um, I see. And I imagine you could probably still have it separate of Game Pass if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, having that in there as well is another thing where you're like, okay, that's another tick in there. Is this marketable? And what it means is when you come to the next console generation, mm. um, strangely, this is the driest part of the episode so far. I know. Um, you know, when you come to the next game, I'm far from wet gaming right generation, now. like you've got these Not consoles that are being marketed lower than what people thought they would be. Yes. Um, especially the ones that are without disk drives that are trying to compete and PlayStation are coming in with these exclusives that they've had pretty much the entire last one mm. and Xbox are coming in going, yes, but we've got all of these games because of mm. Game Pass. Um, and I think, you know, people who haven't ever had an Xbox before might look at that and go, there's a whole lot more value there, especially in the discless one. Um, for me, I'd get a disc drive one because I like having physical media. Um, mm. But also, I don't think I'm going to get a new console for probably another year. Like, I don't see anything in the PS5 or Xbox One X that says to me, oh, I need that now. Hey, well, you know, it's it's the start of a new generation. New generation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Limp Bizkit, maybe? That was my generation, wasn't it? I... Th- <sighs> People try and put me down. I'm Fred Durst and I do new metal. <laughs> um, no, I thought there was a line in it that was new generation. And then my generation is the song. Um, weird that he did, do, he did two covers of Who songs. And he did, they did the best version of Behind Blue Eyes. Though. All right, so let's move on. Um, what I was going to say is obviously <laughs> this new generation of consoles is coming out. And you've got the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox. That's the Biscuit song. Xbox X, is it called? Don't remember that one. Uh, best Limp Biscuit song, I don't know, take a look around. The Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible 2 one. Two one. It's show. really not the best one. I no, think. it is. Is there a good one? I don't know if there is. I think there's defenders of... I have yeah, a feeling my brother might defend them. I don't know. There's... He's got an eclectic music taste, and I like that about him. The Mission Impossible 2 song. Yeah. There's My Way. Rolling. There's Behind Blue Eyes. Rolling. Rolling. Uh, Slash urban assault vehicle. Air raid vehicle. I just preferred urban assault vehicle because it was a bit more rappy. There's Nookie. There's Eagle Yeah, Alive. I mean, Nookie, Nookie is very much a song for, you know, 12-year-olds. I think I'm at Olympus Biscuit songs. Uh, did you do it all for the Nookie, do you think? I did it all for the cookie. <laughs> I was a big a Maryland sentence, fan. A sentence that much, much more accurately describes our personal experience. <laughs> I did it all for the cookie. <laughs> Uh, if SNL S- Sesame didn't do, Street did yeah. that, yeah. If they hadn't have done Grouch last year for Joker, they could have done a, a cookie like, monster Because SNL thing. was still going when... Yeah, it's been going yeah. for like 40 years. Yeah, yeah. Don't so worry about that. They, surely... they, they've outdated... Don't worry. I think SNL don't have any worries about ending before Limp Bizkit did. Surely somebody went, oh... I did Limp it all for the cookie. Yeah. Hang on. For the cookie. But of course... SNL didn't need to do that because Sesame Street could have just done it. The kids wouldn't have got it, but it would have been one for the grown-ups. <laughs> Here's one for mum and dad. I love Sesame Street just doing a bit of blue for the dads. There always is. Like Big Bird, obviously, you know. You just give me a look as if you're like, you know. Yeah. What were you going to say anyway? Big Bird fucks. You know it. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I feel like there were a couple of Limp Bizkit songs on uh, NHL Hits 2K2 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, a weird game because, like, it talked about. Um, I'm pretty sure it had a thing where someone would talk about the gluteus maximus, and that was the first time I really understood what it was. No, I knew gluteus maximus because because you watched Gladiator. <laughs> I love gladiators. No, because no, I mean Gladiator. The movie. Oh. <laughs> my name is Gluteus Maximus Meridius. I thought you meant like they went, Wolf, you will go on my first resort. Uh-huh. Gluteus Maximus, you will go on my second. <laughs> One second. of the contestants, someone from like Chippenham, was called <laughs> Gluteus Maximus. Gluteus Maximus from Aylesbury. <laughs> you will go... Hang on, why is Wolf going on the first whistle? Because Wolf... He's the gladiator. Yeah, but he's tired. <laughs> yeah, but like... I wouldn't put myself up against Wolf now. Wolf was an old man. Although Wolf's he, an even older man Wolf now, like, and I still don't back myself. Wolf looked like my geography teacher with hair. Um, what? I think I've okay. talked a lot about my geography teacher to you before. Right. He's he is an angry little man. So um, what are you going to say, sorry? But I knew Gluteus Maximus because I had friends who studied PE at school. Uh-huh. Um, and one of the first lessons they learned, like, yeah, knowing you took your options... 
at like year five. What? No, year eight. Year eight. Yeah, but I was going to say. Year eight was options. Year, year ten. No, year ten. Year ten was your options, yeah? Yeah, like GCSE. Okay. Year ten. That's so long after NHL hits <laughs> 2002. <laughs> In year ten. Uh, it was like three years, years after. the first lesson. Right. They shit. were told about the muscles and gluteus maximus was one, okay. and then from then, gluteus maximus is all you need. I'd have been fucking lording it over you, knowing what gluteus maximus was for well, obviously three I knew, full years. You know, I knew it before that because obviously I watched Gladiators, and I thought why I could think, from Ailes. Why do you think there was a person called that? Does everyone know Gladiators? Like, like does that? Yeah, more or less, I think. Was uh, it big in, like, America? America had their own version of it, American Gladiators. And then they brought it back and it was Also, they had, like, American Ninja Warrior and stuff like that. There's, like, the Titan game stuff is, like, a hardcore version Mm -hmm. of, because it's a mixture of that and um, World's Strongest Man. But there was nothing like seeing people beat each other up with cotton buds. Yeah, but, like, that's that's sort of all America is. Like... Gladiators was great. People proving that they're the dumbest dumb person. Like, they brought it back and it was bad. But the original was, mm-hmm. was like... I think Wolf came back for the remake. Yeah, a few did. Because they, um, could, they couldn't let him go because he's been living in that studio since Gladiators stopped the first time around. Was it Shadow had some cocaine issues? Probably. He lived in Kidderminster near my grandmother. Ace was one? I think we're just naming members of Kiss. <laughs> Gene Simmons was one of them. Um, anyway, new console generation is coming. Yes. So the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X, is it called? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? There's a Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S. And I've heard, I, so I've actually heard a rumor that obviously <laughs> okay. nin- Nintendo have obviously had the Switch come out and that's been a big success. And that's sort of their new console generation because mm. that's the next console generation. That's the first one. First time they've ever been ahead of the curve, by the way, just uh, FYI. Uh, but they're releasing a sixth generation. Mm-hmm. They're going to re-release the Wii U because no one bought it first time <laughs> around. So they'll try and sell a couple of copies of it this time. I heard that they're making a new console. I heard that they're only making one one copy of it. <laughs> one well, one I think product. The console that I was going to pitch, they'll make one of before they shut down, uh-huh. which is the Nintendogs, which is they sewn a console inside mm-hmm. of a dog that you have to open up there was to a, play. So there was a lot of this. Um, around the time of the DS, um, there was a lot of this sort of, oh, Nintendo are just doing crazy things now. Mm-hmm. And there was a magazine that I used to read, Nintendo NGC? NGC, I think it was called. Um, it was the unofficial one, the best yeah, one, of course. Obviously. Got my un- work published in there a couple of times. Always get the unofficial ones because they have little swears in them. Yes. Um, there was a running joke that the, one of the writers for it was an unstoppable killing machine, which I think as a like a 10-year-old boy, I found funniest. very funny. Um, funniest thing you've ever... We got sent like some junk from them. Like, they ran a thing when they Why moved you? office. And, yeah, it was just us. Um, no, they ran a thing where they were moving office and they were like clearing out all of the freebies they'd been given over the years. Mm. And they were just like giving away some tat. So I had Iron Man for Game Boy Advance. <laughs> Man, that game sucked balls. Uh, anyway, what I was going to say yeah. is... Um, what was I going to say? Ah, yes. Okay, so at the time that the DS was announced, they sort of ran a competition of like, oh, what other stuff is Nintendo going to do? And I'm fairly confident one of them was a pet with a screen in its head. <laughs> and you got to play your pet. Anyway, that's not important. What is important, of course, is the article you brought up. Oh, you actually want me to go to this now? Yeah, I think I'm this is the to... driest point of the podcast because we've spoken about gaming news. Well, I feel that I, it's the bit of the podcast that everyone hates. So, I found an article. Yes, it's from the Dummies website. So, know the guys who do like um, I don't know, sitting down for dummies. Okay, yeah. Um, and it's called. Well, hang on, you think one of their one of their books is sitting down for dummies? They literally cornered the market on everything for okay. dummies. The article is called. 10 questions to get film lovers arguing. Okay. And you know that our podcast is best when we are at odds with each other. All right. So let's see. Let's do it. Antagonistic. If, if we get arguing. Hang on. How's this good for dummies? I don't know, but James Carteridge wrote it. Okay. Well, congratulations oh, it's from to him. a related book, Film Studies. Oh, no. 
the related book is Film Studies for Dummies, um, but that's not what this is. This from. is just this a is just thing to whet your appetite, and then you buy the full the 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 book, right? So, question one: Okay, is cinema dead? Uh, sort of. Well, in the in the way that it was previously, yes, it is. I think we're going to see... Um, why didn't you fucking bust this out fucking early doors? This would have been a good episode. It would have, but... This... Should we just delete the rest of the episode and make it this? <laughs> I know, because people will miss out on, on hype. Welcome to the Dinosaur Man podcast. This week we're going to be talking about 10 things I hate about podcasts, or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, I think it is dead in the in the way that it was before, in, in so much as I think there has been enough of a showing of other methods of release working in ways that make sense to the studios. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it pretty extensively with regards to things like Trolls World Tour, which obviously is now back in cinemas or in cinemas for the first time as well. Yeah. And is still doing relatively well in the cinema, despite the fact that it was already released previously. For me, cinema took a massive hit um, because of streaming. Stream made everything a whole lot easier to kind of have at your fingertips. And especially right now, um, in now more this, than ever in this yeah in these in uncertain these times, times. Um, fucking hate every single advert mentions these uncertain times. Um, but you know this year especially like it has taken a hit because yeah. they had to shut uh, and people went oh no we have to find our entertainment somewhere else and I think it's going to be interesting to see how you bounce back from that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think it will truly die because I think no. there's too many people who love seeing things on a big screen. Yeah, and I've been back a couple of times, have I? Yeah, you've been twice? Twice. Twice, yes. Okay, yeah, that's it, because I saw New Mutants as well. I was trying to work out if I'd seen anything else in the cinema, but I haven't yet. I'm seeing a couple of things this week, I think. Or next week. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think it's it's fundamentally changed the way that cinema is going to have to operate going forwards, because it's opened... I think it's opened the eyes of some people or some mm-hmm. studios who were maybe a little bit more hesitant to change, which is a good thing because films should be available to the widest possible audience all of the time, yeah. I think. Um, and there are people who don't go to the cinema. And this is not a small percentage of people. This is quite a large proportion of people. Mm-hmm. And will happily just catch the thing on DVD when it comes out, or they'll catch it on a you know network yeah. when it is being shown on on television. Um, and then, obviously, with the advent of things like Netflix and with Amazon Prime and all of these other sort of streaming services that come around, it just feels like there is there is now this paralysis of choice. Of you can sit in your front room and you can go, okay. I'm going to watch a film tonight. I don't know what I want to watch. Mm. And then you check your three apps, let's say, and then you're no closer to making a decision an hour and a half later. I do this all the time. By which time, if you were in a cinema, you would have sat down and watched the film. So there, there is this paralysis of choice that comes with it. It's not always a good thing. And there's, you know, you have to work your way through the tosh on mm-hmm. there to get to the good stuff sometimes. But, you know, all of the streaming services offer a service that is useful. Yeah. Because they do... And, you know, the smaller streaming services, the ones that are more niche, so things like your Curzon Home Cinema or Mubi or um, Shudder, for instance, they all have their selling points as well Mm -hmm. that are going to appeal to that particular fan base. But there is always going to be this thing, and I was, again, speaking about this with my brother this weekend... Talking about Monos from last year, which I raved mm. about, was my film of the year. Um, I can't imagine seeing that for the first time on a small screen. Yeah. You know, even if it is a 50-inch TV or whatever, I can't imagine not seeing that in the cinema because it's the experience. And there are some films that just feel like that. Tenet, I think, benefited from the cinematic experience, even though I think it's a deeply flawed well, film. For me, I think, you know, you just have to look at, and yes, you look at inflation and how much ticket prices have gone up, but look at the box office numbers year on year, um, up until last year. Yeah. Like, it just keeps increasing. Like, so there are obviously appetites to mm-hmm. go out and watch these films, and you go to screenings and they're packed, but I do think cinemas will have to now evaluate how do we get the consumer back in like, how do we tempt them back in? It's going to be a long-term project because I don't think there's going to be... I don't think the 
I don't think you will never. I don't think you'll get a hundred percent of the audience that were there previously back no. for ten years. I think in the next two years you'll start seeing more and more people coming back when they think it's safe. I just, you know, we don't know when this is going to end, but what we do know is, well, it's never going to end. It'll always be there in some form, but it will just be at, we're able to cope with it better. We've got vaccines or whatever. Mm. So it's it's more a case of when that happens and when people start feeling like it's safe, we're probably still not going to get back to that because I think there will still be people out there who are still reticent to go and spend that time that close to other people. So, question, question two. two. Okay, we answered that one pretty well has, without falling out. Has digital cinema destroyed realism? Oh, okay, so we're talking about... No, well, hmm. The cinema always felt real to audiences because of its relationship with photography. Movie cameras used to capture reality through mechanical and chemical processes. Okay, so right. So people trusted what they were seeing on screen is so true. So essentially, is CGI ruining movies? Hmm. To To a certain extent, I think it can do. But if you look at something like The Jungle Book or like The Lion King from last year, yeah, I think we've gone too far now that... Well, not too far, but I, I think it's gone so far and we the technology is now so advanced. Yes, okay, only to the companies that can afford to invest that much money in it. Mm-hmm. But the technology is so advanced that often... I mean, I, I remember watching... Lion King and just being you know amazed that this was what I was watching Mm. because it is that good but at no point did I ever think oh this has really ruined the experience for me the fact that I'm seeing these beautiful vistas all recreated using you know using digital technology so I think it's it's possibly a thing of there was a time where that could have been more of an appropriate question to ask because I think there probably was a point where you went hmm it just isn't quite right. But now the fact that the technology is so advanced, it probably feels like... And the thing is, it's now even jarring when you go back and see a film that has... That might be a great film, but then has like a terrible effect. CG moment. Mm. And you're like, oh, if only if only they had the technology we had to have today, yeah. where you can do not only great special effects, but cheaply. Um, you know, and they're yeah. not always used to, you know, make huge fighting robots or whatever, sometimes CG can be used just to touch something up. And it wasn't that long ago that that was really the issue. You know, we're we're talking this century still. Um, You know, the early part of the 2000s was dominated, I think, by, you know, there were superhero movies that had questionable effects in them or, you know, Mm -hmm. a character who had to do a certain thing and therefore just looked weird. I mean... The you know those first two Fantastic Four movies are really difficult to get through, not only on a structural level but on a on an effects level. You're just going, even at the time they weren't great, but now when you look back at them, you're just kind of like, is this what got passed? Interesting like, that you'd go for two great films. <laughs> I forget who you are coming after the, the Fantastic biggest, Four like that. You're the biggest fan, Fantastic Four. That's what you do. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think it hasn't ruined it. I think I think it's probably it was always going to be part of filmmaking going forward, and now we're you know okay. So the Grand Moff Tarkin thing from uh, mm-hmm. Rogue One is still the thing that probably sticks out as being maybe, maybe that's the, still the the limit. Just because we can, maybe we shouldn't. I think vistas and backgrounds, I'm fine mm. with at this point. It's when you're trying to replicate a human, it still looks a bit like. Um, Tony Soprano's mum. It's um, the what's it called? The Uncanny, Uncanny Valley. Valley, yeah. Which I saw something very interesting about uh, the Uncanny Valley mm-hmm. the other day on Twitter, which somebody pointed put a thing up saying that apparently humans are the only animals that have the Uncanny Valley, mm. like no animal does, which means at some point in our history, we evolved the need to be able to recognise that things that look like us may not be us mm-hmm. and so it was like what made us do that doppelgangers <laughs> that's terrifying confirmed um the next one is pertinent to us i feel in a way are film critics still worth reading no do not put any credence in anything we say i change my mind by the next episode i think uh, uh, so here's here's the thing that i think works with film criticism 
and it's not always the critics it's sometimes you know uh, a viewer's response to a film and in fact there's a there was a really good um i think it was an email um that was written into the Kermode and Mayo show mm-hmm. regarding Tenet, regarding Elizabeth Debicki's character in that, and basically saying everyone seems to be missing the point with this character. And the thing of this character is she is a victim of domestic abuse and is played in a way that felt real to people who had that experience. Mm-hmm. I would never have thought of that myself. And that's on me because I was looking at it from a very straightforward point of view of, do I think this is a strong performance? And the fact that it feels so underplayed and it feels like it's been sidelined is probably a deliberate choice and is probably played exactly the way it needs to be played by Elizabeth Debicki and probably written the way it needs to be written by Christopher Nolan. So it's made me re-examine that as a character and go, okay, that's something that I would never have thought about if mm-hmm. the response to the film, whether it's from a critic or whether it's from, you know, these things can happen where you pick something up. If I've if I've seen a film, I might read a review of it and just see, you know, what the general consensus is. You know, there's there's people I enjoy reading. And I might think, oh, okay, there's a point that I'd never even thought of. Yeah. Or likewise, I might read it and they may have hated a film I loved or loved a film I hated and I'll just go, I don't know if we saw the same movie. Mm. And I think for that, for questioning your own critical faculties and for making you evaluate what you like about the film, I think it is still useful to read sometimes. Yeah, and I was, you know, I'm being facetious when I say don't listen to us. But at the same time, I think, you know, go find... If you find something that you think, oh, I might like that, and mm-hmm. somebody says, oh, no, it's bad go and watch it anyway like if it's got an interest to you go see it you yeah. know afterwards listen, like you said read the reviews of the people that you like you know the evidence alone shows that you know you would have already formed your opinion on seeing it and your opinion may well vary slightly once you've seen it but you'll probably have got a pretty good like, grasp of oh okay this is what i think for me i don't read reviews and i don't listen to episodes of podcasts that have reviews prior to seeing something I want to see. I will normally just skip by that chunk of the I'll skip through a review if it's something that I'm like, oh, okay, this is something I want to see, so I'll just fast forward 10 minutes. Even if it's something that I think I might not see for six months, Mm -hmm. like until it's out on home release, I'll just skip it because I'm I'm one of those people I'm like, I don't want to form an opinion before I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I will go and seek it afterwards. Mm. But that's because I like hearing people talk about film. It's something that I enjoy. It's the reason why we do this podcast. Like, yeah. I enjoy people talking about film um, and, like you say, talking about things that maybe I wouldn't have thought about. Um, next question. Do film stars matter anymore? Yes. Yes, they do. I think less so now. But they still matter. They still matter. Like, but they're... You tell me that, you know, you put the right film star in your film and you're not going to get extra ticket sales. Yeah, I think their important has their importance has diminished over time. There are less of them, but the ones that are film stars still. And I think now the the landscape of cinema is such that IP is now more important than a film star. And I think there is there's there's good reasons behind that. You know, there's there's that's the reason you can launch the new Star Wars trilogy with unknown actors. Mm-hmm. Because the franchise, the the property itself, is bigger than... It's the reason that you could probably cast pretty much anyone you wanted in any Marvel movie now, and you'd get ticket sales. Yeah. You know, Tom Holland was not a household name. He'd been in The Impossible, and I can't remember what else he'd been in, but prior to that, you know, some stuff, mm-hmm. but not a huge amount. And yet, Spider-Man grossed eight hundred million or whatever it was, and I think there is there is still this thing of there is a time and a place for film stars, and I think you know for for smaller movies that wouldn't get the financing otherwise, if they get an actor attached mm-hmm. who has a reputation, 
you know, even if it's a middling level of reputation, then that's great because it means that these movies are being financed, these smaller, interesting, you know, movies that wouldn't get to see the light of day get the funding because they've got so-and-so attached yeah. to it. So it's seen as maybe less of a risk, even though I'd say majority of the time they probably won't make money, but it's more of a guarantee that you'll make some of your investment back. But like the right name attached to the right thing will get enough people to see it. So why you get so many middling to poor Liam Neeson films? Because mm. just having Liam Neeson attached to your copy paste script mm-hmm. is enough to get some people watching it. And then you go bigger than that, and you go, okay, the, there's a reason why The Rock is the most paid mm. actor in the world because the only people reason people watch Skyscraper is because The Rock's in it. Yeah, and it is that thing of there. There is certain film stars and I think The Rock and Liam Neeson are pretty much great examples of this at the moment of they almost become IPs of their own Mm -hmm. because you know that those those film stars are going to make one type of movie and barring the very occasional exception that has been true for both of those for a long time now so you know it's not a case of okay so if you stack up say um, The Rock against Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is a very different animal because he's capable of doing a lot of different things and you're not guaranteed that a Tom Cruise movie is going to be the same movie that you've seen another Tom Cruise, uh, you know, Tom Cruise in four years ago. Yeah. Exceptions being if they're in the same franchise, obviously. But if you see... Okay, so weirdly, Baywatch, Mm -hmm. to me, feels like an extension of, you know, there is an evil thing going on and The Rock will stop it because he's a superhuman because sort of... Because he's bigger than everyone else. Yeah, massive guy. And even though I haven't seen it from everything you've told me about Skyscraper, it sounds like it's Baywatch but without the sea. It's Baywatch in the sky. You know, Jungle Cruise looks like it's going to still be The yeah, Rock like... being the saviour, the big hero. Put it this way. The Rock puts a film out, I'm probably going to see it. Yeah. Tom Cruise puts a film out, I'm probably going to see it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there are certain actors that I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll just go watch it. I don't care what it is. I'm, I'm just happy to see him. Um, and whether that feel, like, and I've been burnt by that bridge before, I went and watched The Mummy. Um, <laughs> but I'll still go and do it. Uh, next one. Is television a new cinema? Yeah, probably. Well, yeah. I mean the issue with that question is it's badly phrased. The great thing about television... Because cinema is still cinema. As I mentioned to you before, the great thing Mm. about television is like 10 little movies. Yeah. And some of them feature Mrs. Brown. And that's great. (laughs) And then she gets an actual movie. Um, Yeah, I think to an extent that's got to be true. Uh, You look at the, you know... The fact that I think people have reappraised it in a new light mm. since the turn of the millennium, and I think a lot of that is well, majority of that is down to HBO promoting you know, themselves in a very anti-television way. Do you know what annoys me about television series? Here we go. Okay, is like when I start one, yeah, I'm always scared if this is going to be a TV series that ends without a natural ending, uh-huh. like it gets cancelled too early. Okay. So, like, the good thing is, when I watched Breaking Bad, I came to Breaking Bad very late. So you knew that it was they, a success. They announced that it was going to be a final series. Uh-huh. And I was like, great, I know that this is going to end. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones all along, I was like, okay, this is going to end. They're going to end it properly, yeah. I feel. Like, Walking Dead felt like one of those shows that, like, sooner or later you're going to cancel this. And, like, you're going to cancel it without a proper ending. Uh-huh. Or something gets rushed. And, like, there's so many shows that I'm like... I see that rated like, oh, it's like 8 or 9 on mm. IMDb because people love them. It's like, yeah, but it's really should have had another series because there's so much left to answer. I'm like, I'm never watching it then. Yeah. I'm never going to watch that because you're never going to give me the ending that I need. Sure. So I'm never going to watch you. And it's uh-huh. a shame because it's so much good TV that I just cannot watch yeah. through fear that they're just going to cancel that so, shit on me. So do you want like a database of... TV programs that came to a I have to check, end, like, before I start... Or TV and... programs that were cancelled. And if they're in the cancelled section, you put them in the bin and you go, I'm before never going to watch Before I that. start a new series, mm-hmm. I have to check if it's one that has already closed, yeah. whether or not it was cancelled, or whether it ended on its own terms. Okay. 
Um, and if it's cancelled, then I'm like, sorry, you're out. What if it was cancelled but with two years' notice so you feel like they might then have I'll wrapped wa- it up? Then I'll watch it, but I'll know that it's not the ending they wanted. Um, and there'll always be the bit of you watching every episode going, they're building up to something they didn't want. Yeah, so that's the good thing about cinema. At least, you know, after two hours, they, they close their story. Question, whatever. Why not release... Is that, an, is that a good enough answer for that question? I guess so. Why not release films all on the same format at the same time? We already discussed... Yeah, we've, we've talked about day and date oh, release. Oh, oh. Will 3D stick around? Unfortunately so. I... Well, it hasn't, it hasn't, though, hasn't it? You know, if you think back to the last couple of years, I feel like the amount of 3D films has declined. Oh, yeah. Specifically 3D films. Obviously, you get your 3D versions or your 3D treatments of whatever, and that will probably always be there. Although, maybe not so much now. Who knows? Now mm. people are going to have to wear rented glasses. Well, obviously, um, we all know that Avatar 2 is coming out. And there's going to be 3D so good you're going to feel James Cameron tickle your balls. That's what he said. I don't think he said No, no. His his words were, it's going to be like nothing you've felt before. So, <laughs> I don't think it is going to stick around in the same way. Maybe POV is going to be instead. Hopefully you put on a headset and then you're in the what, movie. Like paranormal activity stuff again. What? Like paranormal activity. Video camera, like homemade stuff. No, I mean like you put on a headset when you go into the cinema and it's oh, around you. No, I'd hate that. Uh, what's it called? VR, VR. VR. Yeah, POV. I was thinking like Blair Witch and stuff like, like that. You, no, I, well, okay, so that is what found footage. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, POV is a weird way of Point phrasing of view. it because that just means you are the character. What I mean is you're in VR. the thing. VR. Hate it. Well, this is the Make thing. Me feel is sick. I think there is a lot of people who probably felt that way about 3D as well. Yeah, I hated 3D as well. Yeah, I know. You don't like change. And you also don't like series that don't get natural conclusions. Okay, moving on. Next question. Has Hollywood had its day? Uh, no, not really. I think it's still there. It's Again, its importance is possibly dwindling. I went to LA three years ago and I saw the Hollywood sign. So it's very much still a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are directors still auteurs? You really got through these questions. And <laughs> well, just I, went, I don't want to discuss I them fa- anymore. I felt that like this episode will be incredibly long if we... Do them all at length. Not that long. Not as long as some of us recently. Uh, are auteurs what? No. Are directors still auteurs? Some are. Are directors still hors d'oeuvres? Little devil eggs. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Which we've... director would you most like to call a devil egg? Little, little devil egg. <laughs> like, um, to their face. Bold director, right? To their face, right? Mm-hmm. You have to give them a nickname. You, oh, little, you little devil you little egg. little devil egg. All day Hitchcock. All day Hitchcock. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Look at him. He's a little devil egg himself. <laughs> you go, oh, here he is. Little devil egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stick with Hitchcock. Okay, guys. Anybody who's still listening. Hmm. Your task. <laughs> Such little faith in our audience. Ah, that really hurt. Your task this week, before the next episode, is to call your manager a little devil egg. Mm-hmm. And then feedback what your manager's response was. Okay. If you get fired for this because they have a weird sort of thing in their past where they were called a deviled egg. And I'm they... going to call my manager it. Okay. I'm going to call Yeah, him. but you're quite pally with your manager. I'm going to call him tomorrow and be like, hey, you little devil egg. Okay. <laughs> Who else could be called? I think, um, what's his name? Paul Feig. Yeah, okay. Absolute little yeah. devil egg. Um, do I feel like David Ayer's bold? I think so. Deviled egg. Any bold director. Um, but are directors auteurs? Was uh, David Ayer yeah. an auteur? Possibly for the worst. Uh, no, I don't think he is. What, how would you describe an auteur? Auteur is, in my description, I would say that it is, because it goes beyond being writer-director, I think, for me. It has to be someone who has a clear... a, a clear sense of control over the film as a whole. Um, and I think someone like Michael Bay is mm-hmm. an auteur. Um, Christopher Nolan is an auteur. Yeah, I'd say Denny Villeneuve right. is probably an auteur, and that's interesting because he doesn't write those yeah. scripts the majority of the time. Uh, Edgar Wright is probably an auteur. Yeah, there's. Uh, I think there's been a couple of occasions where you might feel like his particular things have been downplayed and trodden on a little bit. 
but I think for the most part you would say that. Um, I think I think there's there are high profile. You know, Wes Anderson is an absolute auteur, mm-hmm. and I think there are there are cases for and against it, and I think there are you know there are auteurs that you will get on with, and there are there are auteurs that you won't get on with, and you just have to take the fact that if you find a director that you really like oh, a film by this person is a film that I'll get on board with because I really like everything they do, then that's good because it means for the rest of their career there's every chance they might turn into an auteur and, and do those films. So there you go, guys. Go call managers deviled eggs. Okay. Final question. Why study films when you can just go out and make them? Good question. Why uh, study them when you could make them? Yeah, I don't think there's a reason to study them over make them. Why are you not making films? It's a lot of effort and I'm very tired. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. it actually says here, um, if you're very tired, then that is a valid excuse. Thanks. I'm also quite achy. Uh, but yeah, I'd say there's no reason to study them rather than making them. You know, if you can go out and do it, do it. We're going to make a film, aren't we? We are. We're not going to tell the audience. No, no, it. not going to tell them what it is. Because we've got a really be, good thing in it. It's going to be great. I had, so, a, I had ideas. Okay. I had one idea. Yeah. Okay, so here's the idea, guys. Oh, no. don't Everyone tell, stop don't listening. Don't tell the audience. Okay, so we cast Mr. Blobby. Oh, no. The central role. Oh, no. I just wanted to reference the old Rando Calrissian <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I don't really have anything here. But yeah, we're going to make a film. Okay. There you go, guys. Um, hold us to that. So... When in two yeah, years' time, Randall Carisian free, mm-hmm. well, the we can, magic tree. Comes we could around. kind of make it out like it's, um, uh, you know, the man who killed Don Quixote situation where we don't get to make the film we want to make for thirty years, and Would then we finally make it. And it's starring Adam Driver. And it's going to be what a pull that will be for Mister Blobby. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have so much fun. Um, but yeah, that's all my that's all my questions. Driver is unless Blobby. you want to know about the book. Nope, that's fine. Put it away. Put it away, put it away, put it away now. The book isn't another question. Okay. No, it isn't. Okay. Um, Would you like to know, most iPhone owners don't know this, Mm. brackets, do it today. How about dermatologists hate her? What about Scrabble fans? One easy step removes crow's feet. What about planning to complete your MBA degree? Uh, Are there 60 singles in the area near me? What about Nottingham's incredible new funeral program sweeping the UK? Incredible new funeral program? Yeah. I don't know if you know about it. I can click the link if you want me to. No, it's fine. It says to put my phone details in there. Um, here's the thing that I've just thought yeah, of. Yeah, here's my bank details. Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean my bank account's empty? Okay, so you get told that you're going to die a certain way. Yeah. You get the opportunity to exchange your death for a different one. It's called changing dooms. What? <laughs> what like changing rooms? Yeah. Like okay. The, like the thing that. Hasn't been on TV for ages. Okay, so I get told I'm going to die a certain way. Yes. Does Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen offer me the a, the different way? Carol Smiley does. Okay, no. Okay. Um. Uh, what was her name? Anna Ryder Richardson. Yeah. She was also one of that. She was one of the designers, wasn't she? Just all of those rooms ended up looking fucking nap. They're all purple because Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen went through there somewhere. Uh, okay, I think that's it for this week. We did it, guys. Guys, you thought that we weren't going to talk movie stuff, but we did. Uh, do you think there is a good proportion uh, percentage of the audience who wish we Turned hadn't off. released anything? <laughs> yeah, probably. Do you think no episode is good episode? Tell us, guys. Say, I okay, call my yeah. manager of Devil Egg, and this is what happened. And also, no episode is good episode, or no episode is bad episode. And we're going to have a hashtag for that. So, hashtag grepisode for great episode, and hashtag nepisode for nope episode. <laughs> Uh, so tweet at dinosaurman15 uh, find us wherever you find your podcasts yeah we'll be hiding there amongst give us a rating on whatever one you listen to us on no yes give us a rating on the ones you don't listen to us on find us on anything you and know give what? us five stars how about this how about this I was Kaiser Soze I apologise for this episode <laughs> I but, never apologise for any of the episodes. If this is the first one you felt the need to apologise for, that's nah, embarrassing. I, I had fun. I had fun. Yeah? Like, I think sometimes... Well, the good news is we're... Okay, guys, I'm going to give you a little sneak preview into episode future, a.k.a. Fooch episode. Uh, hashtag Fooch episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fooch episode, grep episodes. Um, 
Shocktober is around the corner. Ooh. And I know that maybe last year I maybe over-promised and under-delivered. Yeah, we didn't do much Shocktober. We did maybe one Shocktober. I think I think, so. I, I think I remember listening to it and going, we said it's the start of Shocktober, but we published it on the 29th of October. <laughs> Sorry, of Shocktober. Um, yeah, so Shocktober the 1st is around the corner. Uh-huh. We will be doing Shocktober-themed episodes. And review episodes, because there's a lot of stuff still coming out. So, look forward to those. You'll find us in your feed. You'll find us in your ears. At Dinosaur915 on Twitter. Dinosaur Podcast everywhere else. You'll find us, us up in your message. snout. Um, Get in, us in your snout. Thank you, Alex, for thanks being us. here. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. And guys, Weird. until like next it. time. Take it easy, you little devil eggs. Dinosaur. Dinosaur.